From our studios in the Southern Food and Beverage Museum in New Orleans, welcome to our special Louisiana Eats podcast series, Tammany Taste Quick Bites. I'm Poppy Tooker. Though he's been on the restaurant scene since 2010, Chef Jeff Mattia didn't move to Louisiana until well into his culinary career. At that point, the Marine vet had already worked with some serious luminaries, like celebrity chefs Tom Colicchio and Todd English. While his career was centered in New Orleans for the first four years, Jeff and his family felt decidedly more at home across the lake in St. Tammany Parish. There, he found the slower pace of life shared much in common with his Hartford, Connecticut birthplace. So when the opportunity to open his own North Shore eatery finally presented itself, Jeff was all in, opening Pyre Provisions in Covington in 2020. We welcome Jeff into the studio to learn more about his Louisiana life and the magic of live fire cooking. My name is Jeff Mattia. I own Pyre Provisions and Pyre Barbecue in St. Tammany Parish, and it's my pleasure to be out here. You're not actually from here. You grew up in Connecticut? I did. I grew up in Windsor Locks, Connecticut, and then worked between the shoreline and Windsor Locks, which is actually Hartford's probably the landmark that everyone would be familiar with. And so how old were you when you went into the Marines? Um, I joined the Marine Corps in 1994, right out of of high school. So did you go into the Marines intending to be a cook? I joined the Marine Corps and asked for the the schooling of being a cook, knowing that I wanted to go to Johnson & Wales after the Marine Corps. I understand that you fed as many as 10,000 troops at a time. We did. um, That was, we, so when I was in the Marine Corps, I got a hold of a deployment unit um, in the 24th Mew. And we went off and did a lot of things. So I was more field mess oriented. So you're dealt with a lot of the tea ration cooking and a lot of the MRE style stuff um, where you was in like a tray and you put the slide the trays in this big unit and it would boil water and heat up the trays and then you serve the trays. Um, we did have some times we did kitchen, we set up full kitchens and did things. Um, but the big, the big times where we were, did a couple ops in Turkey and as well as cold weather training in Norway, where we actually had the mess halls set up under in tents, and we did some big feedings in those environments. But when you get into those environments, it's more or less you build like a kitchen, like you have a full line, like they bring in, they bring everything in. So a little bit different. But it, at that point, I was also a corporal, so I was in charge of a shift, not really cooking anymore. I was already a chef at that point in the Marine Corps. Nothing must look too daunting from a catering point of view once you've had that Marine 10,000 troop experience, huh? No, for sure. I mean, it, it's definitely a, definitely set up my future. Um, I've always been very geared-minded towards production or the banquet side of things, um, being a banquet chef in my career three times. Um, so I, I enjoyed doing all that stuff. I think the uh, higher agency in New Orleans, my three-year stay with them um, in the like nine, it was like nine, t- 2016 to 2018. Um, I think with them, or it was more of that was kind of like where the catering really came in. We started doing the 1718 offsite catering. We started doing all that stuff. So a lot of that stuff kind of brought me back into the remembering all this stuff. What did Johnson and Wales do for you? Um, I mean, it, it, I, I d- definitely wanted to have a degree more than anything else. Um, 
the business side of it, the business understanding of it, the college aspects of it were definitely more of the background of the schooling um, for me. I mean, we did a lot with culinary. We did a lot with stocks and sauces and all the stuff that they do offer, and it's a great curriculum. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, I was already four years in the Marine Corps, so I fast-tracked through my um, sophomore and freshman year. We're done as one year. And then I saw I got out of Johnson Wales with a bachelor's degree in three years. You worked with some pretty big names in the industry too. Yeah, I, I um, my my career has been pretty uh, pretty fun to say to say the least. Going through my my all the way through my whole life. So Mohegan Sun Casino um, had Todd English's restaurant Tuscany um, inside of it, and it's actually built into like a big giant waterfall, and it's the ro- goes right inside the rocks. It's a beautiful, beautiful restaurant. Where is that? Um, in Montville, Connecticut, or Uncasville, Connecticut. Ah. So you were too far from home when you were up. No, there. I was not. That was uh, that was like a five minute commute to work every day. And how did you come to New Orleans? So I worked with a couple people that were at Craft Steak with me when I was there. They knew I was when I was the chef de cuisine, and they moved here to work for John Besh, and they worked for August. They were both captains at August, uh, and John John Ray and Michelle, and they were both captains down here. So. It, my mom got sick my second year as a chef de cuisine at Kraft. My mom got sick with ovarian cancer. And she struggled with it for about 17 months before she passed away. And for me, it was my world was over. Like, I didn't, like, I've never experienced anything like that before in my life. So that was definitely something that really, really hit me hard. And at that point, I told my wife, I'm like, I want to get, I want to go back into, cooking again. I want to go back into like just being part of a great kitchen and really get away from what happened with mom and forget about it. So at that point, she was like, well, whatever, what are you thinking about doing? And I was like, well, let's just move. I like, I don't want to be in Connecticut anymore. Let's just go somewhere. So we were looking at Florida. We were looking at Las Vegas. We were looking at California and we kept going back and forth, but we honeymooned here in New Orleans in 2000. Oh. So New Orleans always had a piece of both of us. Because, and this was 10 years later, we, and we always said we were coming back. And so I, she's like, well, what about New Orleans? And I'm like, well, I can, we can, I know Michelle and John are down there. I can see if I can get my resume down there. So I sent a resume down to um, them, and they gave it to Mike Lotta. And me and Michael reached out to each other on the phone. We started talking to each other. And Michael agreed to let me come down and stage at August as for one of the sous chef positions. Um, which I was very grateful for and still am to this day. And me and Michael are still very good friends. So when you moved here in 2009, you had you settled on the North Shore immediately. Well, that's a funny story. So when I moved here in 2009, I actually was staying in Algiers Point uh-huh. with John and Michelle because I needed somewhere to crash while we figured out what was going on. My wife was still in Connecticut. My oldest son, who is now my restaurant manager at Pyre, was graduating from high school. And it was literally just we didn't know what the, where what, what things were we weren't familiar with anything so I was staying in Algiers Point and I actually really like Algiers Point I think it's a, a fun little cute little town nestled on the corner of that of that bank of Mississippi and um, she came to visit me and got followed home off the ferry mm. in Algiers Point by someone that was a little creeped her out really good so then she she was like all freaked out so one day we were walking down the boardwalk and uh, right along the canal and uh she says she's like i can't live here we need to find somewhere else to go and i'm like what what are you talking about i'm like 
six weeks in or three weeks in with John or four weeks, four, two months in with John, whatever it was. I'm like, I can't leave August. I'm like built into the culture now. I want to be down here. She's like, I can't do this. She's like, this, 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 everything just creeps me out. It's like, I don't know. I'm not a big city girl. And this is just really, I'm like, all right. So she flew home and, um, I still love this story to death. She flew, she flies home. She disappears. So Mike looks at me. He's like, what are you doing on Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever it was? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm, I'm available, chef. What's up? And he's like, "Go. I need you to go to this event in um, Lakeview Hospital. I'm like, all right, just give me the address. I'll go do it. So, I'm, so I'm, I go over there. I do the event. It was a Christmas party that they catered. And Lakeview Hospital is where? In Mandeville. Yeah. Yep, in Mandeville right off 190. And... Um, so I get over there, I do the event, I come back to Mike, and I'm like, Mike, where was I? He's like, he's and he and he goes, he's like, oh, that's a different country over there. Don't even worry about it over there. And I'm like, no, seriously, where is that? He's like, he's like, that's the North Shore. He's like, that's St. Tammany Parish. He's great little place to go visit. Not you don't want to live over there. It's that's just not what that's not New Orleans. And I was like, I'm like, all right. So we went. My my wife came into town, and I said, here, I, we gotta go for a ride and check something out. So we get in the car, we go across the lake. And as soon as we get across the lake, she's like, oh, my God, this reminds me of all the towns that are in Connecticut. And I was like, all right. So we, we got a real estate agent, and we started looking around, and that was more or less how we ended up settling into St. Tammany Parish in 2010. When did you make the decision? How did the opportunity for Pyre Provisions arise? Well, it's kind of on the shoulders of a sad story, um, but it's um, I'm sure he's looking down at us, and he's very happy and proud of what happened um, but my, so they opened, when they opened Baco Bar, Carl Schubert opened Baco Bar. I knew Carl, I knew J, I knew J, uh, JP and I called them I, and I said, Hey, my uh, oldest son's looking for a job, restaurant job. Will you guys bring him in as a waiter? And they both said, yeah, for you. Absolutely. So Carl hired my son, Josh, and he, Josh was at Baco Bar the whole, most of the time. And then when Josh wanted to leave Baco Bar, I was uh, I called my other friend Justin Ferguson, who's another wonderful friend, who has BRQ in Baton Rouge. And I said, Justin, I need Josh needs more training. He's like, Yeah, I need an assistant manager. So he brought Josh on, and Josh was trained up in BRQ. So in the in the mix of all of this happening, um, Carl kept getting got sicker and sicker. He reached out to me and said, Yeah, I have to get rid of it. Um, so this is how much money I'm looking for the building and all of all of our stuff, tables and chairs and everything that's in there. What made you want to go after this live fire cooking? Well, I mean, the, 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 biggest, the biggest thing, I think, was you can't control it, right? As a chef, you need to—you have controls. You have this. You can sl- slow a burner down. You can slow down this. You can do things that you can do. I think with live—using cooking over fire and cooking with fire, I mean, you it brings elements of itself with it. Like, so you're going to— you know you're going to bring smoke, you're going to bring char, you're going to bring the bitterness of something that's burnt. Like all of those things are immediately coming and that's not even something you're doing. That's the that's the element that you're cooking with that's doing it. So, I think that part of it was more to me meant more to me to play with and be part of and um when we first opened the restaurant, we were doing we were whole roasting fish. Um we were we were we were we had three steaks over wood fire wood fire grills on the menu. I mean, we had minimal minimal barbecue, but we had some barbecue there. I mean, we were doing our brisket. We were doing, we were doing our brisket. I think we had a half chicken on the menu. And so, where does the barbecue thing come in so strong, Jeff? I've always loved barbecue. I've always been a huge fan of it, and I've always, um, always we embraced it to the point with the restaurant with the live fire cooking and the wood fire back backing to. Use it as an element, not so much as the backbone of the restaurant. 
And then here comes our friend COVID and it takes the restaurant down and we didn't know what to do. So me and my chef de cuisine were sitting around and we're talking. And I said to him, I'm like, dude, we can't put this food in a box. Like, you can't translate what we were doing. A whole roasted fish isn't going to travel well <laughs> right. for takeout. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what, what do we pick it off the bone and give them the, a pile of meat? Like, at that point, you can't. What do you do? Like, we need to reinvent something. We need to turn. We need to, to reestablish something. And how, we, long, how long was Pyre open before the COVID thing? Three months. Oh, dear God. Yeah. So you had three beautiful months, and then here comes COVID. Well, we had we – had, uh, so we opened in mid-November, so November was pretty much a wash of 19. We had December of 19, January of 19, February started slowing down, and we started seeing something that was going to happen. Um, in January 2020, and then all February, of a sudden, here, boom. yep, and all of a sudden, here comes March of 2020, and boom, it's gone. Everything, everything we lost, everything went out. Bank accounts negative. Oh my god! Everything just boom, it was all gone, and I just remember sitting and looking at my wife. She's like, "You're gonna just." Do what you do. You're going to get through it. I and mean, we ended up doing the limp. Like I said, we put that little teeny barbecue menu together just to get an ambulance to take out that people could actually take, get out, take out. And we still did the same. We still did our grits the same way. We still did our mac and we still do to this day. We still do the mac and cheese and the grits the same way that we were doing them where we're actually building them to order. We're not sitting, nothing sitting in steam tables. And it just became to this nature that we started rebuilding. Now, if, Provisions is starting to lean back to the wood fire where it should be, and I wanted to have that more um, heightened service qualities that it has. And um, we have linen ta- linens and servers, and try- we tried to impl- we still employ almost the same staff we did before um, the pandemic, and a lot of them are back working. We're, we really kept everyone working much as fast as we could, and I got behind and made sure. Um, I never let I never let my managers. Neither one of my managers ever lost a pay, missed a paycheck. I I paid them all the way through it. Wow. Um, but it, I mean, it was definitely it was definitely something. But I mean, I, it was definitely something. But isn't that interesting that you the barbecue lesson came from COVID? Had had you ever done much of that professionally? Um, I have. I've done um, a couple different things competition wise um, over the over the course of my life. I was also a captain for Hogs for the Cause for years. Um, so I was going on five years as a captain with the Hogs ho- which, on a Hogs which team. team? Uh, Born to Grill. <laughs> who else was on the team with you? Uh, Eric Cook, who was also a very, very good friend. Um, yeah. But me and him were co- kind of co-captain of the team for about five years. So we, we were in, in, in that environment for sure. Um, and then again, I, I've always said it as a chef. So I've been a professional chef since 1994. And you go into these barbecue competitions and you got – you think the best dish you've ever put together and you taste good, it looks good, everything about it, and you come in 60th. Ah. Uh. And then you and you got and there's some someone that's a, just a backyard cook is the one who wins the whole thing. And it's like it almost takes the element of what am I doing as a chef if I if I can't do this? Yeah. Am I thinking too hard? Am I not doing this? And then all of a sudden you start getting into it, you realize how much is behind barbecue to make it get to that on a plate and it's the love love the love of what you do and the love of cooking and everything you do, you get to the point and you're like, you guys are doing all this and you're putting in a styrofoam box. And it's like now it's, a, now it's to the point it's resonating with us where our barbecue is actually, I'm proud of what we're putting out in those two restaurants. And I think our brisket is probably hands down one of the best ones. Oh, um, I'll second that. The barbecue saved the day at Pyre Provisions, it did, did it? It did. 
And I mean, and then led into us getting a, a little food truck trailer that was going to neighborhoods, serving the barbecue in neighborhoods. And we just kept building and building a brand and pushing, putting, keeping that logo in front of everyone. And and that's how then you came to open up a second place. Yep, yep. Um, so the second one is a as Pyre Barbecue. It's in Mandeville, on, um, right on the trailhead. And it's in we we want I wanted a neighborhood barbecue place. I wanted something that what we did what resonated out of the pandemic became, and we went. That's what Pyre Barbecue is, and it's everything that we put together to make it work over the, through the pandemic and centralized and focused it all right into barbecue. The history of the building it was all, at one point it was called a shiver shack, from what <laughs> everyone was telling me. It was a snowball stand and a hot dog restaurant. Uh-huh. And um, so I always said, uh, growing up in Connecticut, living but near the beach, we didn't have golf carts back then. We rode our bikes, but we used to, we had something that we used to ride our bike and get ice cream or go get a hot dog. And it was somewhere we used to go all the time as kids. And my parents never worried about us. We were like, we're going to get ice cream. We just pedal our bikes off and go disappear and get come back with ice cream cones. And I wanted that to be at this. I wanted that this neighborhood just reminded me of where where I grew up in Connecticut. So. When we opened Pyre Barbecue, I wanted to have the hot dogs on the menu, so they are. I wanted to have a really good burger because we do a gourmet burger at Provisions, but I can't do a gourmet burger in this restaurant because that wouldn't make sense to have the two gourmet burgers. So we decided to do a smash burger. So you have a, we have a smash burger that we do a black Angus patty and we smash it down and dress it with cheddar cheese and our own sauce and not a nice brioche bun, so it's, it's absolutely delicious. Um, highly recommend doing two patties, not one, but that's just <laughs> – I, I like a double patty. Um, and then we have the gourmet hot dogs, which we're doing a all beef brisket hot dog. So they're del- absolutely delicious hot dogs. And uh, we're just trying to do the right things there. And then um, at the end of the relationship, end of the relationship before we opened, I m- became friends with Jeff Robinson, who owns Just Chill and Ice Cream. Uh-huh. That's in Mandeville, and we decided to partner with them. So we're actually serving their ice cream, which is pro- really, really, really good ice cream. And um, so there's you can, your kids can come get their ice cream cone now, and we have all of it, all the little elements there at the little neighborhood place to be in that community. Do you find Southern Louisiana people treating their hot dogs differently, or uh, is it is it all mustard and relish? No, it, there's definitely um, down here. There's a lot of similarities to what I where I grew up, and up, the, up north, there's a lot of things that are lacking. Like a good hot dog down here is definitely not. Up north with the Germans and the communities that are up there, those hot, hot dogs are so much better. Yeah, a good a good hot dog down here is always a surprise. Yes. Jeff, this was such a special visit. Come back and talk to us again soon. Thank you. I look forward to being back on your show again. Thank you for having me. That was Jeff Mattia of Pyre Provisions in Covington and Pyre Barbecue in Mandeville. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate us on your preferred listening platform. Big thanks to our sponsor, the St. Tammany Parish Tourist Commission. Stay, play, and get away on the Louisiana North Shore. Discover the bounty of the bayou and rich culture from award-winning chefs, soulful mom-and-pop restaurants, extraordinary bakers, and creative mixologists. Request the free Explore the North Shore Visitor Guide today for inspirational stories, custom itineraries, and event information at louisiananorthshore.com slash guide. This podcast was produced by Blake Longlinay for Poppy Tooker Broadcasting.